Welcome to the Pen and Paper Theatre Co. podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan, Company Director of Pen and Paper Theatre. Thanks for tuning in to The Scratch Post, an online virtual platform that's reframing the usual Scratch events and giving us the opportunity to share some of the latest works from across the theatre industry, especially here in Wales. In every episode of The Scratch Post, we'll be releasing a piece of theatre, not necessarily for podcasting, performed by an array of artists with a variety of different experiences. And for every release of the podcast, we're going to be sharing details of each writer and artist, with dedicated pages on our website for you to check them out. So don't forget to head over to www.penandpapertheatre.co.uk forward slash The Scratch Post so you can meet the artists. And without further ado, this is... The Scratch Post. Flip Charts and Philip Schofield by Emily Garside and performed by Philippa Howe. I feel there are aspects of my species that need explaining. Sometimes I wonder if I'm a totally alien species even in the places and spaces I'm supposed to feel at home in. Like, I walk into a lesbian women's comedy night, and I feel like a 150-year-old relic who should be wearing a 1950s dress. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm often wearing a 1950s dress. But it's like the 25-year-old uber-cool lesbian can smell my 35-year-old bisexual self coming, and I suddenly feel like an uptight, ultra-heterosexual by comparison. Meanwhile, my oh-so-straight office, where the only gays they know are that Graham Norton fella, and they haven't even heard of Queer Eye the first time round. Well, I look and feel like a lesbian 101. I'm still old there because over 30 and unmarried is very much lesbian or Bridget Jones territory. Which leads me neatly onto lesson number one. Bisexual women are attracted to all women and five very specific men. Who has seen that tweet and felt seen, as the kids say? Raise your hands. Come on. Wait. (laughs) I didn't think it was true. I set out to disprove it. No, I'm a true bisexual, I would say. I'm attracted to a wide variety of humans, and some scumbags who try to challenge the definition of humanity. But no, it turns out that it's 100% true. For the record, here are five male humans I am attracted to. And I can guarantee almost all 30-something-ish bisexuals from my demographic are also, or some variation thereof. Yes, I said thereof. This is science. (laughs) I brought charts, because in trying to work out my sexual and gender identity in 2020, I feel I I need charts. To go with all my labels. Maybe because I'm old, I'm in my 30s, 
which in queer years is practically dead, right? <laughs> but I look around in the community I'm in, allegedly in, and I think, I can't find my place. Is there a map? Did I miss a seminar and so lose all the information that was on the final exam? Of course, I'm old as balls, <laughs> so it's been a very long time since I sat an exam. Maybe they changed the criteria. We have changed the criteria since I was in school. That's when I first said the words, I'm bisexual. Things have changed, labels have changed and multiplied. Our numbers have grown. Maybe we need to do a geography lesson or a math lesson to work out exactly where this jigsaw of queerness we fit in. Which is handy because I brought charts. <laughs> I love a spreadsheet. Practically get off on one. But you know what a spreadsheet doesn't give you? Context. Is this starting to sound like a GCSE lesson? Good. Are there even are they even still called GCSEs? I'm old and the Tories have been in power for a long time. They could be called You're not at Eton, so it doesn't matter levels now. <laughs> anyway, a long time ago some very clever queers developed an equation. That's what we did before algorithms and BuzzFeed polls that dictated five men that you were allowed to fancy as a bisexual woman. I will warn you, there are some historic references to the 90s coming up. References will be provided later. So, here goes. Number one. Colin Firth. It is a truth universally acknowledged that anyone who is a child during the BBC's Pride and Prejudice era and then was of university age during the Bridget Jones era is fundamentally in love with Colin Firth. Yes, we know he's a bit of a posh twat, but we've all got a bit of a thing for a posh twat now and then. Again, I call the university years. Mr Darcy. Posh. Aloof, unattainable, with real-life rock-solid marriage that made him seem like that perfect older man in your life. Until they divorced last year. Now, I'm not saying that I want them to divorce, but I am saying that if he needs a Mrs. Firth again, <laughs> I'm available. But with man number one, aloof in fiction, Unavailable in real life. A safe choice. Man number two. David Tennant. <clears throat> Very specifically, David Tennant as the Tenth Doctor. Not just because he's played a whole lot of murderers and since... <coughs> Spoilers. Now... I'm not saying there's a connection between bisexuality and a skinny, slightly camp sexless alien in a pinstripe suit and converse with floppy hair, but it's a mood. Man number three, Brad Pitt. The Jennifer Aniston years. 
specifically, possibly the episode of Friends with Brad in. That was peak 90s. <laughs> we were allowed to say that Jennifer Aniston was like so pretty as well, and pretend that we didn't fancy her a little bit. For the record, Lisa Kudrow was always hottest. But Brad has always been a little bit... girly. Metrosexual before it was a thing. Girly. Again, I'm not saying there's a connection here, but... <laughs> Man number four, Idris Alba. Look, I don't make the rules. The man is hot. I'd have to be dead not to see it, okay? Fight me. Man number five. Philip Schofield. I thought I was being clever with this one. <laughs> not just the one everyone fancies. Not just the pretty boy or the sexless alien. A real, honest-to-goodness, attractive, heterosexual male. Oh, wait. I had whole theories, Philip. I had theories about, yes, I like non-threatening sexless men and unattainable pretty boys. But then there's you. Constant from the broom cupboard in the 90s. We'll get back to that later. To this morning's sofa. Constant of university life and sick days. My silver fox and his technicolor dream coat. The reason I sneak a look at Dancing on Ice but pretend I don't. The reason I feel truly bisexual watching this morning is that I can imagine a perfect heterosexual life with Philip while ogling Holly's chest. It's the dream, Philip. And uh, now what? Well, to be honest, I'm still going to be looking at Holly's chest. <laughs> I'm only human. But what about you? Shouldn't I be joining the lesions on Twitter, lamenting about my childhood crush? No. I'm getting the glitter and the banners out and saying, Welcome to the club. But on a personal level, my heart is breaking. My heart is breaking for you and for me, saying, Why couldn't we have done this? 20 years ago. I understand that there are some strange humans out there who feel betrayed by Philip. The fact that he, like Gordon the Gopher, has leapt out of the closet. Come on, don't tell me that Gordon isn't gay. Wait, for those who don't know who a Gordon is... He's a gopher. Gordon the Gopher. Back in the 90s, we had men with hands-up puppets' asses for entertainment, and, well, we're better for it. Anyway, Philip. Welcome. He's not gay, Trevor from finance, because he spent too long with that Barrowman fella and the figure skaters. He's just... gay. And I'm happy. I really am. But it got me thinking, how different would my life have been if I had Philip, the real Philip in the 90s, bursting out with his technicolour dream coat, out and proud as 
gay as the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical he was a part of? What if we were all allowed to be out and proud? What if we had those twenty years together, Philip? Not together, together. <laughs> that would be weird. But you had Gordon, and then Holly. You see, there's two lost generations. That older one in their fifties and sixties now, and the ones underneath. The ones who should have been looking up to them. Who should have had them to ask directions from. And we all ended up hidden. And a bit lost. You lot. All you lot asking why we care about some older white dude who may or may not be mates with the Tories and don't want him in the club. You grew up different. You found each other on the internet and... And you come out on Instagram. I've spent a lot of time trying to work out where this 30-something bisexual female fits in. I even made a chart. <laughs> you see, we have this big old bubble of men. Up here. Because that's the way of the world, right? So the cisgender gay male. Usually white, but we make the odd exception. They take up all of this space. The straight would notice that one. They're older, more assured, louder, more male. You get ahead. I get that. I'm a woman. I've lived in this world. Over here are the lesbians. You know, the proper lesbians. We're talking Doc Martin wearing mechanics or whatever lesbians are supposed to do. I don't know what we, they, are supposed to do. I tried wearing Doc Martins. <laughs> I looked ridiculous. No one told me there was a dress code for this shit. Also, this lot have proudly never touched a penis. They don't even like to say penis. If you whisper it too loud, they revoke your membership. Look, ladies, there are a lot of penis I wish I hadn't touched. Believe me, a lot of hours wasted when I could have just got here a lot quicker without, if you see what I mean. A penis is not the be-all and end-all. With sincere apologies to the men, to the gay men in the room. <laughs> you do you. But I happen to have, and very unfortunately, fallen in love, and sometimes lust, with the owner of one. Again, the gay guys know what I mean. We got this, right? But... That means I will never have access to this all-exclusive ladies' club over here. And I'm mad jealous. I love women. Like I love women. But the ladies who love ladies, they don't always love me. I'm not one of them. 
I don't dress like them, they say. I don't act like them. I touched a penis ten years ago, and apparently that bars me for life. Now, now, not all lesbians. Some of my best friends are lesbians. Some of the women I've loved are lesbians. And some of the women I've lost are lesbians. My problem is I'm too old. I'm over that magical age of... 25, where apparently life falls off a cliff and you should be retired and never heard from again. I'm 35. My 25-year-old little brother, our parents had some issues to work out, clearly, is also a raging queer. At least our parents did something, right? And he had to Google Section 28. He Googles it. I lived it. And there's the difference. I grew up in a time when who I was wasn't spoken of. I didn't learn the word bisexual until university. It's no wonder I'm resistant to labels if it took me 20 years of my life to find out what they were. If it took me 20 years not to hear the word gay in hushed tones or hurled insults. I had it better than most. I grew up in a time when my friends weren't dying, in a time when they weren't being arrested. But I also grew up in a hinterland, where my history had been taken from me and erased. And before any of you had a chance to start writing some new history, I looked back further than you, because I'm trying to reclaim what was lost. I tell my little brother weekly to know your history. Because with my generation, it was in danger of being lost. We moved away from the love that doesn't speak its name, to not being spoken about at all. Erased from the curriculum was erased from a generation, in a way. And it took growing up for us to reclaim that. Our internet is full of dark corners, discovering things. Things we probably shouldn't. Covert conversations, not unlike the offline conversations of the generation before that. We hid our narratives in plain sight. A chaste kiss on a soap that made the headline news. That Channel 4 show that saved our lives, hidden away and watched in secret on bedroom TVs as teenagers. It was knowing looks not pronouns in Twitter bios and emoji rainbow flags. It was going to pride for a laugh and finding you belonged, or running away scared. I look at my little brother, and I'm proud. I'm proud he's grown up in a world where he's not whispered about. It's far from perfect, we all know. Hate crime, violence. It's still a harsh world, and I'm grateful to my brothers and sisters before me, who marched for me, who died for me. But there's this weird, lost generation. The generation who didn't have anyone to look up to. I'm not woke enough for this club. I'm not young or hip enough. They speak a language I don't understand. And that's brilliant. And beautiful. And how it should be. 
<laughs> Evolution. That used to be a club in Cardiff. For the streets. So we don't speak of it. Gayvolution. Gay revolution. But sometimes it's really hard to keep up. There are a hundred new labels, and even a well-meaning millennial like me gets it wrong sometimes. And cancel culture, and internet trolls. And the way we talk about ourselves is wrong, somehow. And somehow we don't know who we are anymore, despite all of these labels. And so I come back to Philip. I look at him, and I look at the younger generation. Who would tell me, as a woman, I shouldn't be looking to a cis white man as my inspiration? And they're right. Maybe I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to. But I look at my diagrams, and I think how I don't fit into this neat circle. Queerness doesn't have a gender, right? Maybe my role models don't either. Because who we have, and who we had, to look to matters. And maybe I should be wishing on a nice lesbian role model. But actually, I'd settle for anyone in that gap at all. But to them I say, you don't remember how it was. You don't have the same need to reclaim your childhood through queerness. That's what Philip represents to me. I didn't know who Ellen was as a kid. It doesn't matter, she's cancelled now. But what if that nice man on children's TV had proudly had a boyfriend? What if my mum could have turned round to me and told me, that nice man with a gopher married another nice man? How different would both our lives have been? Would I need a flip chart to try and work out who I was if the government hadn't told the generation we couldn't say our names of what we were in a classroom? If a generation before hadn't been wiped out by a virus nobody was willing to put on the news? Or killed by the shame and fear? What if the headlines had been TV presenter has lavish wedding, not scandalous soap kiss? Or Actor and husband adopt babies, not filthy gays spread death. What if... What if Gordon the fucking gopher had burst out in a feather boa shouting, I am what I am! What a different life Philip Schofield and I might have led. Don't take Philip Schofield away just because he waited this long. Don't take my identity just because I needed some charts and 30-something years to figure it out. And that was Flip Charts and Philip Schofield by Emily Garside, performed by Philippa Howe. Emily is a freelance writer, dramaturg and researcher. Philippa is a performer, writer and makeup artist. To find out more about both of these artists, head over to www.penandpapertheatre.co.uk forward slash the scratch post. And don't forget to join us next time for A Vampiric Tale of Snow White and coming soon a monologue by Nick Curry tackling the consequences of a poor adolescent decision. Thanks for listening. 
keep up to date with all the latest podcasts, just hit the follow button. Or you can head over to our Facebook page, Pen and Paper Theatre Co., or join us on Instagram and Twitter with at Pen Paper Theatre. Finally, if you want to get involved and submit some of your own work or be a part of our performers, pop us an email using hello at penandpapertheatre.co.uk or find out more on our website www.penandpapertheatre.co.uk.